Boom. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, Nolan Hawkeye Anthony, here with my partner in crime, the Dean. Dean, how are you doing this morning, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm a little tired. I stayed up all night watching election returns and finally went to right. bed at one in the morning when I realized there were going to be no more returns last night. <laughs> it's the same here. I stayed up <laughs> until 12. And uh, I will say this. I don't know what has happened, but uh, at least at 12 o'clock last night, it, it did look as though uh, it, that it, it, was, it would be very hard for Biden to pull out the election. But that I, I don't I don't know if that's any longer the case. So um, which I think probably was the plan all along. Uh, but um, there's only so much power uh, us common folk have in this world. No, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, I'm tired too. Uh, and um, we're here to talk some Iowa Hawkeye sports and uh, really dive into this, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I'll be honest, you know, I'll say this uh, with you guys that I full, uh, you know, I just want everybody to be aware that I fully understand <laughs> how rough this season has been thus far. It has not gone anywhere close to what I expected. The, the crazy thing is, Dean, is that when it is put in proper perspective, the, the, the Iowa Hawkeyes could easily, I mean, very easily be 2-0. and And, you know, I won't uh, harp on it because at the end of the day, you know, uh, that's why people play the game so that there is a winner no matter what. You can call it fate. You can call it you know, uh, whatever term you would like to justify, you know, why uh, a less talented team can overcome a better team or, or uh, I don't know, a 17-point lead is dropped. <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, but one thing I will say, Dean – that I did not expect, which has unfortunately shown to be the case, and we'll get into it, and then we'll talk about Michigan State uh, this week, folks. Uh, Rocky Lombardi, who uh, went to Valley High School, and quite frankly, if I'm being honest, you know, he was – even though, Dean, uh, the four-star quarterback – well, technically there's been three, which I wrote about it uh, before, that there have been three four-star quarterbacks. Uh, or Rocky would be a high three-star. And then uh, this past recruiting class, there was a four-star quarterback that kind of came out of nowhere – and, and plus, I uh, uh, being Iowa had already had 
Deuce Hogan for a while. Um, <laughs> and then there's the TCU quarterback. The, the crazy thing is, though, you know, I thought because Iowa did not go after them crazy hard that that meant, you know, that they probably would not be that good in college. But that is proven otherwise. I have also been incorrect about that. Um, so, you know, but the thing I did not think about going into this season, Dean, was how much the leadership for Iowa from last year was a big deal. And the bottom line is, Dean, the, the only reason I thought of this is just remembering back to my days in sports and realizing how important, uh, you know, leadership is and how important, um, how important having a common goal is. And the bottom line is Iowa lost, you know, guys like AJ Vanessa, who for all intents and purposes is a pure Iowa guy, you know, it would surprise me if you if he was a big partier or if he you know or, or anything like that. Uh, Nate Stanley, same thing for that matter. Um, Iowa lost a lot of 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 leadership, Dean. They did. Even Michael Michael Ojemudie was a mm-hmm. solid leader who had been on the Hawkeyes for a long time, and you. The other thing is, you knew that they were the leaders of Iowa. You knew A.J. Panessa was a leader for Iowa, hell, in his sophomore season. You know, same thing with uh, Nate Stanley. I don't know who the leaders of this team are. I do not. And so, you know, I was curious what you thought on that uh, right as of right now. Uh, and I'll give you another example, Dean. Dylan Doyle. Dylan Doyle is another great example of a guy who was strong in the locker room because whether people like Kirk Ferentz or not, and I think most people do, um, and whatever people think happen, you know, happen with Doyle, we're, we're, we're long past that. For teams to be successful – the there needs to be a connection between coaches, leaders, and then players, which that which allows other players to rally around their leaders that are the players which who listen to the coaches. And uh, I'm not saying that the players don't listen to the coaches now, but I'm just saying how it works in general. So I'm curious, you know, on, in your opinion, Dean, what do you think about the leadership thus far this season? uh, If, if you had to answer it and it, you know, if you think that we did in fact lose a lot of it 
when AJ Epinesa, Tristan Wurst, um, Nate Stanley, Geno Stone all left. Absolutely. Um, there just appears in the first two games, it just appears that there is a lack of leadership on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I think we're finding out the guys that left last year were a bigger part of this team than we realized. We knew they were a huge part, and we knew we lost a lot. Right. We're, I think we're just finding out now how big of a part that these guys played. And I'm sure that these guys were, like you said, Iowa guys who weren't all out of party and they were focused on they were focused on their Iowa football program during the season, focused game by game and and kept the younger players in line. And yeah, seeing the guys who should be the leaders this year are not doing it. Um hundred percent. You know, um, uh, example is, and we got to bring it up at some point, Amir Mar- Smith-Marset. Yep. You know, that's not a leader what he did the other night. He made some, oh, He made no. a bad choice to do what he did. Leaders don't do that. And the other leaders on the team shouldn't have let him out by himself to do what he I did. I agree. Yep, great point. Okay. Th- that No, I, I Dean, I 100% agree on that, especially the last aspect that you, that you said – that's 100% true. And I'll say this, you know, and, and we'll get to Amir Smith-Marset in a, in a moment. That That is the other thing that I have been very um, not saddened, but, dis- yeah, disappointed would be the word. Dis- disappointed would be the word that – uh, the, the seniors who are seniors now who absolutely have the authority to be leaders and to um, move strong, it just hasn't been. And the best ex- example that I can give of this, you know, my master's degree in industrial organizational psychology is mostly a leadership degree. And so I'll say this about leadership is that, you know, I think a lot of people think that people are born leaders. And you know what, Dean? I I think that's Mm. true to a certain extent. I do. Uh, I also believe that leaders come in all shapes, you know, and, you know, it's not always the guy who is the rah, rah, rah guy. That's not always Mm -hmm. leader. Um. And so with that, I thought, uh, I 100% assumed, Dean, that Amir Smith-Marset, Brandon Smith, uh, you know, guys who had who have been on this Iowa team for a long time would mm-hmm. step in <clears throat> to that role. But the truth of the matter is, as I just said before, before, not everyone is a leader. I mean, no. it, it, it's the truth. And, you know, just because someone becomes a senior, if they aren't a leader before, they probably won't be a leader all of a sudden in the blink, you know, in the snap of a finger. Yeah. But there's like you said, there's other ways to be leaders. You could be a leader by example. Absolutely. By, putting, by showing up for practices, being there putting in the work, not going out and partying, keeping your other teammates accountable, you know, like, you know, when somebody's going off by themselves, hey, I'll go with you. I just want to, I just want to, you know, or something like that. 
you know, so to make sure that they don't get in trouble, don't get in the car and drive, you know, if they've done something stupid. And, um, yeah. And the fact that what bothers me the most on the leadership part of this is the fact that we don't know all the details about Amir, but the fact that he was allowed to go out by himself, he was by himself. Where yeah. was his teammates? I mean, those those guys are brothers. They should be yep. bonded. And yep. so that and so my problem is is if they're not out there doing the, you know, hanging out together off the field, then we've got a problem on this team. We maybe there's not the togetherness that that they're they're presenting to us. You know, and and that could start yeah. a lot a long ways on on you know what's going on with this team and you know and you bring up a great point about the leadership and and I think that's part of the lack of leadership. There's it doesn't seem to be. I don't know. We're not there. We're not in Iowa City. We don't see what's going on. But yeah, you know, is the brothership there? I mean, they football players always talk about you know they're brothers for life. You know, they go through the war together. They sure. hang together off the field. You know, off of the game, they keep each other accountable. You know, and and so this, it, it kind of bothers me that there's something going on there. I mean, granted, we've only lost by a total of what five points? Five points. Five points in two games. Okay, so. If the ball bounces our way or we get a right call, you know, or we get a couple of sure. uh, pass interference calls at the end of the game in both games that we should have had called, we might win those games. But, yeah. you know, and so that is – and that is another thing. That's the difference between winning and losing, getting the right call at the right time and getting a little luck. But, 100%. Yeah. But, but also, Gene, the yeah. different – oftentimes the difference between those small wins – and not mm-hmm. win is usually something as tangible as leadership togetherness. And, right. and also, you know, the word that, that you said togetherness, you know, I think I'll be honest at this point, I think that Iowa players are trained very well about <laughs> what, you know, how, what to say so that they don't, get themselves into any trouble. You know, they're not trained what to say so that so that some of it is to protect Iowa. But what Correct. you know most of it is is to protect the players because the fact is they are not millionaires yet. The fact mm-hmm. is most of them will not go on to play in the NFL. Most of them will mm-hmm. not Uh, so they have to have a job outside of sports. And so, you know, getting caught seeing the wrong thing, uh, for a player could, uh, prove, uh, as an issue, uh, as far as the togetherness, I do think that it, they have just I think they have been saying all the right things. I don't think this team is a part. Uh, I don't think that they dislike each other, but they're not together. I, I I would agree with that. The 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 example I can give that is 100% the difference right now between the the football situation. Well, not the difference between them, but but just to show the difference in the leadership and the togetherness of this group. If you look at the Iowa basketball team, when Cordell Pemsel had his 
I think it was his second arrest, Dean. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which, I mean, first, let me say this. And, then, and we'll talk about Amir Smith-Marset in a second. To to all the fans that 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 have a really generous heart and believe that players should be given chances, a hundred percent agree with you. But the fact is, in most sports, you know, if it were golf, water polo, tennis, sports that are not as publicly known to the college fans, because most college f- fans care about football and uh, basketball, if an individual went and got in, into trouble that was, you know, I mean, a full-blown b- charge that's a felony misdemeanor related, it, you know, either a light felony or, you know, um, a very strong misdemeanor, it likely 80, 90% of the time that player would be gone. And, and and not even in in just football and basketball, if you look around the, the the United States, most basketball teams are not even close to as big as the University of Iowa. For that matter, it's the same thing with most football teams. And it's the same thing on those teams as well. Uh, most 80, I would say 80 to 90 percent of the time you you mess up like that, it's done. Because a scholarship to, is too important uh, to the other, especially the other sports, but also uh, just in general, it's a very important thing. And I know people, some people think that it's not that important, you know, considering, uh, you know, how much revenue uh, the players make. Uh, for the Big Ten, but if, if I'm to be honest, that's mostly just schools like Iowa, Ohio State, you know, Big Ten schools. It's some other schools as well, but it, you know, let's. It's. It, I don't think it's oranges to oranges there. The, the the last thing that I'll say just on this, what I'm saying right here, and I'll turn it back to you, Dean, is going back to the basketball comparison. Cordell Pemsel was given a third chance. And the team, the one thing that I said was, was why did Cordell not, you know, ask for a ride? Now, the situation was completely different. I mean, we, you know, going 70 miles an hour, and having an OWI versus operating a vehicle when your license is suspended, even though they're both against the law, is a little bit different. I would say that there's probably a little bit level of difference there. But the Iowa, the, the Iowa basketball team, Dean, you know, they rallied behind Cordell. Mm-hmm. And I do not think – I. I believe to this day, and I, and and I think people misunderstood what I was saying about Cordell when I would say, you know, I was upset with him at that time 
you know, if, if you're a basketball player and you have a suspended license, you can get anybody to take you where you want with mm -hmm. mostly no questions asked. Correct. Uh, that was the only thing I was upset with. But other than that, the basketball team rallied and it, you know, much the same sentiment. And so what I got from that was that it was not like Cordell to be by himself without his basketball teammates, you know, driving. In this Amir Smith-Marset situation, I'm not so sure that's the truth. Um, and so the difference to me shows the, the – the, the, to me it shows the, the Iowa basketball team and the togetherness that they have uh, versus the Iowa football team right now. And I hope that's as good of an example that that I could provide for to show the difference mm -hmm. in, in what it is. With Dean, what what do you think on that? Okay, um, like they said, they these guys came out preseason and said they're more together than they've ever have been before, mm -hmm. and so that that should if that was uh, okay, that would have showed up on the field. Um, sure. So um, in Mears. In Amir's case, I don't. We don't know what he was doing. What he was doing before that, maybe he was yes, with his fellow players, you know, you know, and they all got a little drown their sorrows sure. type thing going on. But the problem I have with him is, is, is uh, he's a, he was he, dangerous. He, he he's yeah he's a star football player. Everybody yeah. knows him. He just had to call an Uber or ask somebody to give him a ride home. A hundred percent, you know, and, and an Uber driver in Iowa city probably would have given him a ride for free. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Um, he was with somebody when he was drinking. So somebody knew he was drunk and, and still yeah, allowed him yeah. behind the wheel of the car instead of saying, Hey, Mir, give me your keys. I'll make sure you get home and don't get any trouble with the football team and the cops because everybody knows the cops in Iowa City love our football players and basketball players. <laughs> I will admit, Dean, I have never, you know, because I, you know, I know what what goes on in other college towns, especially with the sports teams, and usually there um, – there is a bias towards the players, uh, <laughs> towards these things. And for Iowa City players, that has simply not been the case. I mean, you can go back to the beginning of Kirk Ferentz's thing. That just simply has not been the case. It just has not. No, it's like um, you think they would go – you think they would kind of hide it, you know, help them hide it. Let's get these guys right. home and, and let's put this under the table. You know, because we want these guys playing on our football team the next Saturday. You know, uh, I could not agree more. A hundred percent. I mean, that's the that's the truth. Yeah. You know, because the other thing is, is that when you now, I'm not, I'm not at all putting this on the police officers. I'm, I'm not doing. They're that. just doing their job. Uh, right. Uh, what what uh, <laughs> Amir Smith Marset did was very dangerous and he made a choice just like every man and woman have the option to make every single day. Mm -hmm. um, but with what we're saying, I, you know, just on a lighter note, I absolutely, it does shock me a little bit 
uh, just in general, Kirk Ferentz's tenure and uh, and and how uh, it has been. And um, the the other thing is is that police officers do have they do have the discretion to look at certain things and see if maybe, you know, say letting a player go to Kirk Ferentz's house Mm -hmm. or something like that and letting the coach know exactly what happened to deal with it Mm -hmm. ASAP and let the coach deal with the punishment, Uh, you know, things like that. Now, on the other hand, for all we know, Amir Smith, this has been something that Amir Smith Marset has done for a while, and it and it and it, unfortunately it caught up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't we don't know things like that, but what but what we do know is that number one, plain and simply put, it was not a a a, le- a, a leader does not do that, and and and. Listen, folks. Yeah, Tristan Wirfs got in trouble for a similar thing, but when that happened, uh, well, I'll say this: Tristan Wirfs, I'm not sure was a huge leader for Iowa. When when I mentioned the players, <laughs> when I mentioned the leaders, you know, I was thinking more, you know, Geno Stone, Michael Jamudia, Nate Stanley, AJ Epinesa. I wasn't mm-hmm. really thinking Tristan Wirfs. Um, and this bottom line is, Amir Smith Marset has been shown a, a lot of 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 courtesy. Uh, because he goes to Iowa, mm-hmm. if this were, were another school, it, it, there would not be a guarantee that he would only have a suspension. I mean, I'm just being honest about mm-hmm. that. Um, on the other hand, I do think Iowa made the correct decision. I think maybe one game is is kind of light considering uh, – I mean, it, it – the the charge was not good, Dean. I mean, it was not. Um, but with that in mind, the it was in my opinion, it was the right decision because I I and I said this about Cordell Pemsel. If you truly want to help an individual, sometimes, sometimes, and 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 in my life. This has most often not been the tr- been the case, but sometimes it has been, which is sometimes you have to show tough love, aka dismissing a player in order for them to realize the full aptitude of their deci- decisions. Usually it's decisions with an mm-hmm. S, not just one. However, back when this happened with Cordell, I said on the video that uh, that if you care about the player on your team, you want to take care of helping him 
realize the severity of something and you want to take care of helping the player overcome this in order to, uh, you know, because you care for the player and, and you want him to do well in life. You don't want his life done from, from uh, one bad decision, if, if possible. If possible, you want that to be a forever learning experience. So um, overall, Dean, I agree with the decision because I would rather Kirk Ferentz have Amir Smith-Marset to talk with him, you know, just in general about and, and, and help him himself. You know what I mean? That That's what I'm saying is that I think that that's the best. And I also think just, just from another aspect of this, if you, if, if Amir Smith-Marset were dismissed, I do think it may have been trouble for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I don't know. Uh, you know, but I do tend to think that 0 and 2, and just with the climate of things, uh, that it that it, it had he been dismissed, it would have been uh, uh, problematic. And so I think it was the the better decision. Uh, wh- wh- what do you think on it, Dean? Now I will also say this: I think it should be a three-game suspension no matter how short this season is just because of how severe it is. And uh, and two, maybe two, maybe two, but but uh, I, I think one is, is too light. Dean, what do you okay. think? I don't have a problem with the one only one game suspension because Kirk has shown in the past that that's pretty standard for a first time offense. Um, Right. Like that. But you got to remember, he's got to go through not only is he suspended for this game, but he has to go through the student student group that thinks and he's going to have some other punishment that is going to be put on him. So he's not just getting suspended for a game. He's got something he's got to do. I believe. Kirk Ferentz said in his um, press presser yesterday that that um, Amir will be back um, for the Minnesota game as long as he does all the protocol leading up to that game, which I took yes. it to mean whatever punishment that the student code of conduct people throw at him. Now, I'll say this to what you're saying, Dean. I 100% agree on the um, on the on the basis of multiple game suspensions do not always mean that it's going to help that specific player. Right. Sometimes you need, you know, sometimes a, a, a suspension, whether it be one game or four games, is all the same to a player. And so you're you're not getting it, it, um, it you're not getting anything. You, there's no return. There's diminishing returns to putting excessive games on games on it. A better way then, if that's the case for a player to learn from the mistake is for them to, uh, you know, go and do the protocol that they have to take care of uh, and, and really, uh, you know, things like that. So I was just, saying that on your point that I do not disagree at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but, and, and so I understand what you're saying. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. No. And that's, that's where I'm at on that. Um, I, I think a multiple game suspension, 
in this case, even in a short season, would not have helped him. All it would have done right. is, is it just would have unmotivated him when he would come back. Like, let's say let's say he had a four-game suspension. Well, that brings him back to the last two games of the season. You think he's coming back motivated to come out and, and do anything to no. the team? He's not. I mean, he- that, I mean, that would effectively ha- that would effectively have ruined mm-hmm. probably any chance he would have yeah. for the NFL. And the one I thing, mean, all on- and the one thing I did notice um, with Kirk Ferentz and his punishment is he's a little bit leaner with drinking than he is with drugs. As we know in the past, even even the players who got caught with drugs or busted with drugs um, have typically been kicked off the team, even yeah. offenders. Yeah, or um, indefinitely, and then the players left on their own accord. But <laughs> yes, I, well, I have. Yes, you are correct on that, and you know, I don't know how I feel about that. What I can say is, you know, Nebraska has been known to uh, look the other way. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> There's your Nebraska bias. <laughs> Remember, no, but remember the defensive end that played for the Cowboys that went to Nebraska, that uh, Stephen A. Smith Mm -hmm. was uh, well known for saying, stay off the weed. And he just says it super loud. (laughs) But um, uh, that's that's hilarious. But uh, yeah, uh, he has been. And what I'll say is, is that the NCAA, I know this for a fact, uh, tests, there, are, there, there is testing that goes on. And then within the program itself, they can test themselves how, how, however much they right. want. Um, and now I do think, unfortunately, even let, let's say uh, that you only – tested someone because you know because you wanted to help that person you weren't doing it uh out of any bias but you were just doing it because you sincerely wanted to keep them off the off of anything that was problematic you I I don't think that you can get away with with only and I'm not saying that this happened with Iowa, but I don't think you can get away with testing, you know, say, you know, not anymore, at least uh, testing one guy. uh, We're just not there when it comes to thinking, uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, with actual race or or fear of racism that ends up turning into racism, uh, unfortunately, due to that, we can <laughs> not any longer judge uh, people um, when it when you know because in the thing, Dean, in the uh, investigation, they had you know players said that they were tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than than white guys, and that's what they unfortunately, say. That's what they say. People still see race through their lens, and so uh, unfortunately, you have to. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, however you look at it, you have to test every player the same, uh, or else you know a bias could be looked. Um, 
And, and I, I don't even really care about that, but I just do know that some coaches based off of my experience, some coaches, you know, know, uh, potentially some issues going on with other players and they care for that player. And so they test them more to, you know, help them deter them from, you know, you know, uh, doing drugs, mm -hmm. plain and simple. So, um, listen, Dean, I'm just going to say this and, and, and we'll move on this. I, I wanted to have a long discussion about leadership because, you know, I just think that it is obvious right now. And listen, it, everything in context, I understand that the, that a big 10 season was started right away and that the Iowa program usually is not set up for that. And um, things like, and, and all these different things. And I, but the bottom line is, either way, if there was le strong leadership and strong togetherness, Iowa would have found a way to at least be one and one in this situation right mm -hmm. now. Uh, and, and I did not, when I said how much talent came back, I, I did, I solely made my prediction off of talent with, and, and, and I'm, I'll be honest, Dean, I'm mad at myself I, of, of all people. I should realize how I should have realized how important leadership and, and those type of things, not that I'm a leader above all leaders, but just some of the things I've been a part of that, that have shown me how important leadership is, how important that would have been. And I, you know, I, it, it and it's just not there. It's just not there right now, Dean. Um, let me ask you, do you think that that changes this season? Because there are a lot of young guys, mm -hmm. Dean, uh, meshed in with the, with the older guys. And so right now it kind of, right now it kind of seems like the older players and very talented players that left last year that were leaders were, were supposed to be replaced by the seniors, but we're not. So now it's on the guys who are remaining to become mm -hmm. leaders or else they're just going to keep losing, you know? So oh. it, it's kind of on the younger guys regardless, because they have to move forward to win football games, not just this year, but next year. So what are your final thoughts on, on this subject? My final thoughts are, is um, people like on, um, Nixon, he's he's been in the program for three years now. He knows he he can be a leader. He can step up. And granted, he is he's one sure. of the few people that's shown it on game day so far. That hey, I'm here to play football. He's awesome. <laughs> he <dude>. is. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's gone after this year. He keeps this up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Dean. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. I I agree. Well, fortunately for him, yeah. but yeah, Larry Jackson. Is another one who should be a natural born leader, whether he whether he's right. vocal or whether he's doing it by um, getting out there and proving 
that he's there every week. He's ready to play. I think one of the biggest leadership things that he did was yeah, le- leadership. Yeah, actions. one of the biggest yep. things that he did was he came back for his senior year when he had it when I he agree. could have gone into the draft. That was he had that option. He chose to come back, and I think he and I think he was a little disappointed because he thought that if he made the choice to come back, AJ was going to make the choice to come back. Um, Right. Let me ask you real quick uh, before you continue, because you are on a fantastic mm-hmm. role right now. Do you think Alaric Jackson uh, is disappointed in his decision? Part of it was to get higher in the NFL draft a little bit, but most of it was because he loved being an Iowa mm-hmm. Hawkeye and he, and he wanted to finish his degree and he had no problem right. coming back to Iowa. Um, and he knew how good the team could be. So wh- where do you think – do you think Alaric is maybe uh, questioning this? Uh, w- what do you think he's thinking? I don't thinking? know what he's thinking. I, I know that no none of the – nobody on that team wants to be 0-2 right now. They th- I'm sure they all thought they'd be 2-0. Right. But the thing I'm thinking is Alaric Jackson hasn't played like we thought he would yet. He's just – I don't know. That is true. You know, he's not, he's not true. come through the way we hoped he would. And, you know, what we know he can do. Because we know that he he can be a leader on this team. We know he can play with fire. And we know we've seen what he can do. But anyhow. Let me ask you, has he shown, you know, I don't listen to the commentators during games. Mm-hmm. So I don't know who they are, what they're saying mm-hmm. about guys and their NFL potential you know because you go back to Brandon Sheriff Tristan Wirfs you know every game it would be uh you know uh an 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 NFL draft insider saying you know we think Tristan Wirfs or or AJ probably a first or second round mm-hmm. guy just highly highly talented um so I don't know if they've been saying that on the games but if even if they haven't uh from your eye do you think Alaric has done a good job or not that's not the question. Do you think Alaric has stepped it up to potentially become a second or first rounder? Because I'll be honest, I have not seen any sacks that have been on him or anything like that. His pass protection mm-hmm. is incredible. I mean, it, um, pro football focus has – that's one thing that they've always loved about Alaric and Tristan, worse for that matter, is that their pass pro – was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think? I I haven't seen anything to me that stood out. Um, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Um, it's not too late. And you were asking, too, about do you think, you think that the leadership was going to come? If it's going to come, it's coming this week. Um, it, right now, game practices this week, you know, if there's real leadership on this team and real togetherness, it will happen this week. If it doesn't happen this week, Agreed. it's not going to happen. Does Agreed. that make sense? 100%. Yes, I, I totally agree. Um, and uh, th- this is the last thing that I, that I will say is, um, you, one, you would be surprised, Dean, how many Division One guys – don't care about winning. Uh, weirdly enough, 
well, not weirdly enough, because, you know, Division One guys often have high egos and they care more about their success than the team's success. Um, I just, you know, it's it, it's funny just unfortunately how many guys you would think every single person lives and dies by wins and losses. And that's unfortunately uh, not true. But for the most part, you're right. Iowa – it, mo- uh, most of the guys on the team do are not happy being 0-2. Um, the, the leadership, you know, I don't know if Alaric Jackson is a under-the-radar leader that leads by his actions, but truth be told, there hasn't been a lot of anything showing that he or, or anybody else has been able to keep this group together. I mean, last – I'll put it like this. For other Hawkeye teams, whether it was a sophomore, a junior, or a senior, you knew guys like C.J. Beathard, Josie Jewell, uh, Desmond King, for that matter, uh, A.J. Epinesa, Nate Stanley, you knew that they were the leaders Mm -hmm. to the team. You knew that. Everybody knew it. I mean, it was so obvious that people could see it from afar. But that's not the case right now. Unfortunately, it's just not. Um, Now, for the NFL with Alaric, I do think that due to – I mean, Dean, Alaric has started, I mean, just so many Mm -hmm. football games. um, And his athletic – uh, his athletic potential will be measured. He, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, in my mind, that he's going to perform well at the combine. Maybe not as well as Tristan Wirfs, because Tristan Wirfs is just a freak of nature. I mean, God only made a handful <laughs> of him. Um, but uh, but uh, you know, I think he's you know. From that from that aspect, he's going to do well. And you know what? Um, is he as pulverizing as Brandon Sheriff was, or or Tristan Wirfs? You know, as far as the run game and showing how good his movement is. No, but the guy has shown to be a. Uh, I think he will be a second or third third round guy. At this point, I do not think he has played himself into a a first round. It depends on the other offensive linemen that go that uh, go for the NFL dean, um, and and it, obviously it it depends on how NFL people look at Alaric. Alaric is kind of all over the board with how the NFL mm-hmm. looks at him. Uh, you know, some people are crazy high on him, others are not. But anyways. Listen, folks, um, I just I wanted to talk about the leadership because I think that this has been something that that no one has talked about, which which I wish I would have seen after I, I, I'm mad at myself for not seeing it before the season and asking that question. I will never make that mistake again. And I'm, I'm mad that it has taken me two two games to realize it. But the fact is, Dean is right, that 
if it's going to be fixed, it will be this Saturday. If it's not, this season is done. Uh, you will not see the, 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 the leadership become strong enough for this Iowa team to turn it around. You might see, you know, leaders, individuals become leaders that will head into next season, which will help the Hawkeyes. But uh, if it does not happen this week, Iowa is in, is in uh, probably is in trouble. Now, um, th- we have still a bunch of things to talk about. We have the quarterback to talk about. We have Calvin Lockett to talk about. Um, we, ha- we have Michigan State to talk about. Um, let's start, Dean, with the – let's start with Calvin Lockett. Let's okay. get that out of the way. He's gone. What else can you I say knew. about it? He's gone. <laughs> right. There's not much to talk. That that's why I wanted to talk about it just real quick and get it over with. Okay. He he is he gone. Um and you know, he he came from, from Largo, Florida. And I do not think that he did not succeed at Iowa for anything Iowa did. So, Sometimes, listen, folks, the Division One level is the second highest level in the world, okay? Uh, so some guys, when, when there's only one, maybe two starting positions for your spot, that, that, that raises the percentage of how hard it is even more. Um, I always thought that Calvin Lockett would break through. I also think it's very foolish for him to leave considering Brandon Smith is graduating. Amir Smith-Marset mm-hmm. is graduating. Now, he is an outside receiver. My guess is, Dean, is that with uh, Brody Brecht coming in, and Arlen Bruce is that Arlen, don't forget Arlen Bruce and Arlen Bruce and Keegan mm-hmm. Johnson that the, who will uh, probably be moved up to four star mm-hmm. status that and 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 outside those guys Tyrone Tracy played the X receiver last year and and in my opinion right now I think the Iowa Hawkeyes should really consider putting him out there uh well he he probably will be put he will start in place of amir smith marset are we in agreement on that in place oh yeah he definitely is yeah he definitely is yeah right so as far as the x receiver goes and and calvin lockett the bottom line is and this was the case for oliver martin as well the bottom line is Charlie Jones, who is 6'1", who I don't think he's a slot receiver, Dean. I I, I don't. I think he is kind of like Oliver oh, Martin. Yeah. Uh, you know, that 6'1", 6'2", range where they can play both. You know, Tyrone Tracy is in the mm-hmm. same position. So the bottom line is for the X position, Calvin Lockett, had Tyrone Tracy, Desmond Hudson. I mean, we never heard the coaches talk mm-hmm. about Calvin Lockett. We heard we heard them talk more so about Desmond mm-hmm. Hudson. So if I had to guess, Desmond Hudson, 
was in front of Calvin Lockett, Brandon Smith, Tyrone Tracy, and then I would be fairly confident that as soon as Brody Brecht came, that he would probably be – I mean, that kid is the real deal at Mm -hmm. the X. I mean, he is what you look for for a big, tall receiver. So just ending on on this, and then I'll let Dean make his comment on it. Um, In my opinion, guys, it has nothing to do with Iowa. It has everything to do with uh, he just, you know, even though I still think it's foolish for him to leave with a senior at his position leaving – Um, the fact is there's a lot of guys ahead of him. And when you are as close to a program as players are, you know where Mm -hmm. you stand within the team. And he he knows, and that's why he put himself in the transfer portal. I will say this, that um, Ferentz did something yesterday about those three transfers that are transferring out. And he did say that you typically see those transfers after spring, spring ball. And because he says by right. the end of spring ball that everybody pretty much knows their role on the team, what it's going to be. And so it took these guys a couple of games to figure out that they weren't probably going to be used, you know, in the game plans. I mean, none of the three were figured into the game plans, I believe, that had left. Um, and maybe this is maybe Shadrick Bird yeah, he a little was bit. Used, maybe him, he was used on I'll special teams, so I was surprised he left. Right. Besides, besides him, the, the I agree okay. with you. Yes. So, um, my train of thought there is, is that like Calvin Lockett, you know, I don't know how good he is. Obviously, he wasn't good enough to crack the top four, or the top five. Okay. Correct. But or else, or else, Kelton Copeland would have had mm-hmm. no problem yeah. putting yeah. him and, in and the I game think plan. With yep, you're right. yep. with his being down this week. And he, he found out that he wasn't going to be part of it. He probably figured that he'd be the next man in to help step into that role. You know, That's he probably thought point. he'd get yeah. into the two deeps as a backup. And when they didn't put him in as a two deep, he just decided that, well, screw this. I'm out of here because I think I'm ready. And, you know, and, and not that, and from everything I've right. heard, he's a pretty yeah. fairly decent receiver. It's just that other people stepped up ahead of him, just like with Oliver Martin. Last year, yeah, you know, by the time Oliver Martin yes. came, we had all these other receivers we'd been developing, and that was, and most of them kind of broke yep. out last year. And so, you know, and I think both of those guys leaving yeah. leaving the program this year on the wide receiver spot was absolutely the worst mistake they could make because both of those would got plenty of playing time next year. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I could not agree more. Um, which is why I have always been a believer. Again, you look at guys like Michael Ojemudie, uh, hell, you look at mm-hmm. Barrington Wade. You, when you stick it out at Iowa, more often than not, you are eventually rewarded um, because all of your work has culminated in you becoming good enough mm-hmm. um, to, to play. As far as Calvin – let, let's speak on Shadrick. Uh, uh, who is the third he player? He was a linebacker. I, I can't say his name, but he was the one – I predicted early on that I thought we'd see – Oh, it was Yahweh Judy. I thought, yeah, yeah Yahweh when you Judy. remember the summer when we were getting ready, when we thought we were going to play a regular season, 
Um, I predicted that he would probably see the field because of our linebacker situation being so young. I thought maybe he'd get some playing time this right. year, and I was wrong. He apparently didn't figure into the plans this year. Right. <laughs> no. So, uh, so this is what we'll what I'll say is um, I think it was foolish for all three to, to move on. I do not think that at their respective positions – that next year, any well, except for running back, excuse me, it's pretty evident that Ivory Kelly Martin and uh, uh, Tyler Goodson are there, and then also Gavin Williams and uh, um, the uh, LaShawn Williams were very talented backs coming out of high school. Matter of fact, LaShawn Williams. Uh, some of the recruiting reports on him were, were shocked that that he wasn't r- rated higher uh, as as a recruit, uh, considering all he did in high school and all I mean all the physical attributes he has. Um, w- so, with that being said, w- th- here's here's the truth: at every position, there is a little bit of hope. But as I said, after both Shadrick Bird and uh, Yahweh Judy decided to transfer, the reality is this, is there are younger guys that are ahead of them, younger guys that are this in the same classification mm-hmm. as them. And the linebacking group is very young right now. I mean, for I'll give you an example. Jimon Colbert may not even win his job back when when the season when he mm-hmm. comes back next season meaning that the talent at the linebacker position is most certainly there so if Jimon Colbert would have a is going to have a hard jo- a time getting his position back J- Yahweh Judy was going to have a very difficult time as well is it impossible no the Iowa coaches every season take a brand new look at everything and put the best players out there. The same thing at wide receiver. The reality is even though there is still a, a, the door is open a little bit. The reality is that even with Brandon Smith leaving for Calvin Lockett, he, he was not, I mean, he is not a Y a Y wide receiver. He just is not fast mm-hmm. enough for, you know, what Iowa needs at that position. The reality is he was competing for the X position and he's competing with Tyrone Tracy. He's competing with Brandon, or excuse me, with uh, Desmond Hudson. He's competing with uh, Charlie Jones. He's competing with, um, uh, he's going to be competing with Brody Brecht. Uh, I don't think I uh, left any names off of that. That's a substantial amount of guys. So, that is the reality. Now the door is most certainly still open, and from that regard, I think it was foolish. The the other thing is, as you said, Dean, most guys leave after the spring, and this late season, I think, provided players. I said in one of my Facebook videos, I said that if players did not transfer by spring, that mo- you would see 
nearly every player return with or without a late mm-hmm. start to the season. However, with that in mind, this season, because it has started so late, unfortunately has shown the, 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 the backup players with more time and more practice under their belt where mm-hmm. they stand, which if you look at the actual timeline at this point, you know, it would uh, we would be like six games into, uh, you know, an Iowa season or, or whatever it would be. And well, either way, they would know, Dean, they would know where they're at and they but this allows them to to know sooner than the end of the season. I will say I am shocked that in the middle of a season, they put themselves in the transfer portal as opposed to waiting. I will say that's a little bit surprising to me as opposed to continuing to get coached up and then go somewhere else. Uh, So that's surprising to me. Any final thoughts on that? I think what we see in this year is because of the no spring and the shortened late season, um, Iowa's going more with their known commodities, knowing what they get out of the guys that they have. Even the guys that are starting for the first time or their younger guys were guys that that they already had a pretty good handle on what they were doing. And so the spring is where you take some of your younger guys and you experiment with them. You run them with the first team, see what they can do. Yes. You know, and that's where your surprises come from. So when you get to fall camp, these guys are actually in a position to compete for a spot. And so I think this is the right. reason why some of the younger guys did not get the shot that they probably normally would have. Does that make sense? That's an excellent point. Yes, yes, it it, it most certainly does. Excellent point. I could not agree more. Um, and, uh, you know, tr- and, and truth be told, I'm crossing my fingers that every – player that is committed to the Hawkeyes now will stay committed. I do, I do not think any other guys will leave um, uh, outside of the, 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 the least recruited guy that Iowa had in Jor- Jordan Oladukin. The last thing I'll say about recruiting and just in general on this, looking forward to next, Iowa, uh, next year's Iowa team, is I fully expect Iowa – to continue to look for guys like Michael Sleep, like Michael Sleep Dalton, like Tory Taylor, like uh, Jack Heflin, like the other Northern Illinois guy that mm-hmm. transferred o- over, Charlie Jones, Buffalo. They are going to continue to look for graduate transfers and uh, younger talent who have shown the ability to play at the Division One level, and Iowa offers them a chance to play at the highest level in division one in the big 10. I think Iowa will do that as opposed to taking three more recruits, because as coaches Mm -hmm. have said, Dean, especially for if it's hard enough for a school like Alabama or Ohio state who can afford to miss on a couple of guys, if it's hard enough for them just think for a school like Iowa and Wisconsin and the, and their developmental and Minnesota and their developmental mindset uh, that they 
need the evaluation. They need the ability to evaluate. With that being said, I do think they uh, offer a running back that they think they can give a chance to, uh, or maybe, Dean, they hold on to it. I would have felt better about that had Shadrick Bird left and they still Mm -hmm. had some depth or more depth. They still have plenty of depth, but just more depth. Um, but I, so I, I do expect them to find a running back, uh, that, that they can give a shot to like an Akram Wadley back in the day, uh, and plenty of other running backs that they've given shots to. Um, so that'll be interesting guys. We still have our power rankings that me and Dean are going to do really quickly. Dean, what's more surprising to you, Minnesota or Iowa? Iowa? (laughs) I agree. We I definitely agree have the easier schedule of I, that, I, too. <laughs> right. It, I mean, um, now, I wish I would have stayed with my convictions. Last year, and you know this, I always said Minnesota's schedule was historically easy. Mm-hmm. Historically easy. And uh, they did lose leaders like Iowa, not just leaders, but very, Mm -hmm. very talented guys. Uh, But Iowa is still way more surprising. The deal with Minnesota is, I think, on that, um, they they still have their offensive identity. They're still scoring points. They're just not winning because they don't have any defense this year. Right, right. Which which is more of a problem, Iowa l- losing their identity on offense and and still having a chance to win and probably should have won and, and be two and zero or Minnesota's situation. I still go with uh, I would if I'm Minnesota, I would be more concerned than Iowa because Iowa will find a way to go to what works and i do think hope maybe dean this will be a learning experience for brian in brian realizing what the 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 butter that that or you know whatever Mm -hmm. metaphor you want to use the the where the money is made is the at running the football so let's let's talk quarterback real quick (laughs) Has anything been said or was anything said about and, – and Paul had a lot – very – gosh darn it, I promised him I would bring him on this. I totally <laughs> forgot, but that's all right. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, Paul, you know, Paul, our partner, did say that he thought – it was not on Spencer at all with the 50 passes that Iowa mm-hmm. forced him to throw in only his mm-hmm. second start. And there is a mm-hmm. lot of truth to that. Unfortunately, I've not been able to talk to Spencer since the second loss. Um, has Iowa said anything about the quarterback position yes, they at have. this point? They're very sold on, on, on Spencer. They're not going to go away from him. They believe in him. They know he's gotten off to a rough start, but they also think they also think it has a little bit to do with 
um, them outsmarting themselves because like they expected like Northwestern to stack the box with eight in the box against the run. So they decided, you know, and that's the problem with um, Brian Ferentz. He outsmarts himself. He thinks he's out coaching the other coach, but the other coach is going to do what they do. And Brian thinks, Oh, well, they're, they think we're going to do this, so I'm going to do this. Brian is not very – Which is overthinking. Sometimes that works, but it's overthinking I think Brian, most I, of the I time. I think we've yeah, seen in big games, you know, in the past, Brian has a tendency to overthink, think what he wants to do and gets away from what his bread and butter, which has always been the run game. Um, but anyway, but, but, the, the, uh, but I wanted to say, because yeah, we're on the quarterback, and I want to say that – you know, I've seen the fans. I've seen Kirk. I've seen Spencer himself, and and in quotes, making excuses because there was no spring ball to get used to these guys, um, the timing routes and and the communication and everything, which is why he's made some poor judgments and stuff. However, I want to point out something: a first-year freshman at Wisconsin came out and looked like the world beater. You know. He, he didn't. He, I totally agree. He, yeah, the excuses that are being yeah. made. And are there's not a couple valid. other yes, first-year quarterbacks I've seen come out and just light the, light the world on fire with their guys. And again, Wisconsin does not have not at tight end, not at wide receiver. What Spencer mm-hmm. has had, I will say this: it, it is obvious how much the Iowa coaching staff believed in Spencer. <laughs> And it is obvious the talent the kid does have. He has shown the throws that he is capable of making. We all know what he did in high school. But those are not valid no. excuses. Okay, so they, they just re- Let me say this, too. Uh, and- over the summer, we know that over the summer during COVID, Peter stayed in Iowa City and kept his receivers, and they worked on pass routes, and they worked on timing. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things Brandon Smith said is that he loved he loved um, Spencer Petrus his because he put more of a softer touch on the ball. Well, if we've seen anything, this guy fires the ball harder and faster than Nate yeah. Stanley ever did. <laughs> and, and the knock on Stanley was is that he threw pretty darn hard ball. <laughs> yes. You, yes. Uh, it, it it's unreal. Uh, yeah, I mean, just so many things that we could have held our hats on before the season just has not mm-hmm. turned out to be true uh, or accurate thus far this season. The one thing that I will say about the quarterback position is this, is no, after things settled, after you mm-hmm. and me had our post-game thing, I did go back a little bit on whose fault it was And the funny thing is, I do think most Mm -hmm. fans did as well. I do think most fans see that the problem is far Mm -hmm. outside the quarterback. I would agree with that. However, however, things – I can only speak from what I know and what I have been a part of. Competition, no matter if it is truly valid or not, you know, whether a guy is absolutely 100% more talented than the other guy, competition always makes a guy 
go further and, and stronger in their development. I do think that Iowa could, could and should do that towards Spencer. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it's as simple as that. Dean, you were right. Iowa probably is going to ride or die with Spencer this season. And you know what? I don't, uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that considering he's only a sophomore uh, and they will most likely have three right. seasons with him. But, but with this season, I, you know, I, I know maybe the coaches are thinking, well, this season won't matter that much. I don't view it that way. I view this season due to uh, the season actually happening and all of that. Uh, part of the reason Iowa fans fought so, or fans and parents of the team fought so hard for this season to happen is the talent mm -hmm. they knew they had. So this, you can, it's like the LA Lakers with people who say they want to put an asterisk, asterisk around it, which is so ridiculous considering the bubble was potentially the most difficult climate in which to win mm -hmm. an NBA championship. I mean, it was very similar to a parole situation, you know, uh, with you know, with players only allowed to go to certain places. Yeah. Well, not uh, only that, that they they ended up they end up did play the whole matter. season, which what four months? They took four months off and in, in between, and yeah. so they end up playing a whole season. So you know how hard yes. it is the momentum that they had in March when they had to shut it down to start that momentum back up again in July. Great point. <laughs> Folks, we're talking about the Lakers. <laughs> but, yes, I totally, totally agree 100%. But th this season does matter for Iowa. It does, mm -hmm. 100%. The, 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 now, looking ahead to, to Michigan State, I hold steadfast to everything I said about the coach that's coaching for Michigan State um, – I, th I think Michigan had I, – I can't speak for that game. I don't know if that showed more of who Michigan really is, which also, by the way, Dean, is Michigan on it Iowa's schedule not. this year? The only, the only way we're going to play them is okay. if we uh, finish identical East-West and we get to play them on that ninth game. Right. Um, I do think – that 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 game showed who Michigan probably is this season, which is what I have said for a long time, and hopefully Michigan fans understand this, which is Michigan will simply never be Ohio State. Ohio State is recruiting and, and coaching at such a level that is just – it's 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 just it's it's difficult. I mean, Michigan is j just one step above the level of recruiting that Iowa is at. It's not like I mean, uh, the the top five teams that recruit each season. I mean, that is real, 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 real talent. Um. So, but going back to Michigan State. I don't know if they got lucky. I don't know what 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 it is. I'm not going to put anything on it. 
-hmm. I will say this, Dean. Number one, I hope Iowa beats the living hell out of Rocky Lombardi and the Michigan State Spartans just because, you know, kids that leave Iowa, they, you know, they rarely get the chance to play mm-hmm. the Iowa Hawkeyes. And as an Iowa Hawkeye fan, mm-hmm. the competitor in me, and, and I think that's a real possibility. Uh, the fact remains that Kirk Ferentz is one of the best coaches in the history of sports. And he has shown to be adaptable and to be, uh, uh, to be able to transform his way of thinking for, for, for heaven's sakes, we just threw the football 50 <laughs> times, which you would never think a Kirk mm-hmm. Ferentz team would do. So I do think it's adaptable. I do. I, I, I believe Iowa is favored in this game and they should be uh, Iowa is the better team. I do. I, I don't, I don't think, Michigan State is is well coached, uh, but we will see. Uh, Rocky Lombardi had a great performance against Michigan, and hats off to him. Uh, Dean, what are your thoughts okay, on, well, on Michigan Okay, let's start with um, State? Rocky there. He's 48 for 75 in two games yeah. at 64%. He has thrown for 642 yards, so there you go. He's averaging well over 300 yards a game, six touchdowns already in two games. And – uh, okay, yeah, agree, and he's impressive. got two interceptions. Yep. And then you compare him to our quarterback, 48 for 49. I mean, 48 for 89, um, which I think was a 54%. But, um, yeah, okay. And so yeah, um, he passes for 539 yards total. So our quarterback. Um, right now, I want Lombardi starting for Iowa. <laughs> He's got some impressive stats. He doesn't ha- right, he doesn't right. have to throw it as much, and he's been way more effective with his throws. But <laughs> you, I, you know, it's funny. I wish I could t- mm-hmm. retract my statement when Michigan State lost their first game. Mm-hmm. I felt so strongly in my convictions that Michigan State was going to uh, not be good, and I and I still think that. Uh, but I also did not think Spencer was going to perform the way he did. In other words, after that game, I th- with what I thought Spencer mm-hmm. was going to be, and he still can be, but, but what I thought he was going to be in the first two games versus what Lombardi has done, even though I don't think Michigan State is a good team, I made a comment – you know, I wonder if Rocky Lombardi wishes he had chosen Iowa, considering, he, I, I mean, he did start a few games last year, which is the difference, Dean. Rocky Lombardi did have experience from last season to go into this year. Spencer is, I mean, fresh, and I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm just simply putting things into context. Uh, because, you know, the, the Wisconsin starting quarterback uh, w- is brand new, too. Mm-hmm. Dean, I still hold on to this, that that uh, that Iowa has not helped their first-year starting quarterback by not running the football full-blown as mm-hmm. they can and should. I still yeah. hold on to that. 
And you know what I mean? And I don't. Well, the other thing, too, um, with them not helping him out is no. giving him potential um, simpler throws to get his confidence up, get the players used to catching that ball from him. Um, you know, putting him in places. Yeah, they only threw, of all the passes, they only threw one, maybe two screens mm-hmm. against Northwestern, and I believe mm-hmm. one of them was dropped. Uh, and they completely went away from it. And the when, when you have Amir Smith Marset or Tyrone Tracy, a screen pass is almost always good enough for at least four or five yards, mm-hmm. which is not a bad pickup. So. Uh, I mean, so this Michigan State team is. Oh, Dean, yeah. there's so much frustration with this with the, yeah. with this team right now. Yeah. I so mean, they're really. I've is. only watched a little bit of the um, Michigan State yeah, State games, um, but I did go in and look at their stats and reviewed their stats. And one thing that's very impressive is yeah. Michigan State seems to be switching over more to a pass happy team, kind of like a Purdue, uh, because their running stats are, are abysmal. I mean, but we'll probably, you know, the way we've been stopping the run the last two weeks, I guess we'll probably go ahead and make them look like they're great. But anyway, <laughs> I don't, I just mean right, that with a tongue right. in cheek. Yeah. Um, but their, but their receiving <laughs> stats by the wide receivers, they've got one with 200 yards catching already, 152 yards, 146. And Sam Laporta is our highest, um, receiver this year with 117 yards and it just goes steadily downhill from there yeah the wide receivers dean have not especially with (laughs) dean (laughs) especially with the arrest Mm -hmm. and everything i mean i could not have foreseen this and if people still want to hold my feet to the fire about saying this team was was one of the most talented Iowa teams, fair enough. But I still think it is. I still think it, it does is. not make it. I I agree. That's what I was going to say. I, it does not make it untrue. And I think you know what um, ha- has happened with Amir Smith Marset with 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 players not living up to what they can are capable of. It it makes. What I have said all the more true, which is you you can have a very talented bunch, but but players still have to perform. That's just the reality. And the reality is the wide receivers, I could not have foreseen what happened. I mean, it's just so sad that that the group was so pumped up going into the season and Sam Laporta is the guy that has been the only one to live up to, to the expectation. I'm also very upset with Brandon Smith. The guy is an athletic freak and it, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's frustrating because they have played and started so many games and Kelton Copeland has done a great job of develop, developing them. But again, at the end of the day, it is up to them. And, I, and, and plain and simple, they have disappointed. Now, I can't say much on Tyrone Tracy and Nico uh, Regani. I think Nico Regani has done fine as a slot receiver. Um, I, you know, Tyrone Tracy, 
in my opinion, he mm-hmm. needs to get he more will reps. This week, I guarantee uh, it. Yes, he will. And and I and I think that that will make a difference. I, I think Tyrone Trey, and I thought this last year, that he, and to be honest, Dean, I thought that he may have earned the right to hold on mm-hmm. to the starting position uh, when Brandon Smith came back. Now, again, that did not happen. I think now when he goes in there, he holds on to it. I fully believe that. Iowa does not have a guy or has not had a guy who has had the uncanny ability to not only catch the football, but make, you know, great, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, what do you call pass plays over 20 yards and run plays over 20 yards, yeah. big, big plays, whatever you want to call them. He has a uncanny ability of doing that. I mean, Iowa last year was saved because of him and his ability to do that, whether it, it was catching an intermediate routes and turning it up or, or getting behind the defense. The dude is very athletic. Is he faster than Amir Smith-Marset in a dead-on dead sprint? No, but getting past defenders for uh, explosive plays – is more than just being fast. And, uh, you know, Tyrone Tracy has an uncanny ability. And he is probably the most talented wide receiver Iowa has had come in in a, in a since probably Ke- uh, Keegan uh, or uh, Keegan, what was his name? Keegan something from Iowa. He was a four star recruit from, from Iowa, wide receiver from Cedar Rapids, uh, I'm blanking on uh, his name. But outside of him, Tyrone Tracy has been the most uh, highly recruited guy for Iowa at the position. And that is one thing that bothers me about Iowa is that for a guy like me and you, Dean, it is very obvious that – that he should play more. And yes, everything looked fine and well when in the USC game. But when you are the coaches, you know who are making, who has made the impact in the games and in practice. And the point I'm making is if to me it's obvious it should be obvious to the coaches, but sometimes they are stubborn to a fault in their loyalty to someone who has earned the starting yes. position. Would you agree yes. with that? Absolutely. And it's and it's frustrating. Now, the, the last thing, Dean, and we'll do our power rankings. Um, the last thing is, what do you think about the defense after okay. last week? Uh, do you think that they're on their way to be coming yes. what they can um, be? Hindsight is going back. That defense didn't play all that bad. We held them to seven points the second half, a Purdue team, to seven points in the second half. It, we didn't win because right. our offense yeah. couldn't do anything. So I just want to say that I right. thought our defense, looking back the last two weeks, is coming along. It's getting there. I like what I'm seeing, and we're going to need a lot more of it this week. 
because I think Rocky Lombardi is the best quarterback we've faced out of the three so far. I agree. I would 100% agree with that. Rocky Lombardi, when he came out of high school, I said was 100% uh, and I really wanted him to go to Iowa because Iowa likes guys who are, you know, 6'2", 6'3", who can stand tall in the pocket and deliver passes uh, to their guys who, who are not – who also are not easy to sack in the pocket. Rocky Lombardi was all of that. He's 6'2", 6'3", and he's always been a very thick – uh, strong quarterback who can move his feet. I mean, he can. That's another thing that Iowa has to be weary of, that he can escape the pocket. It may not be as good as Peyton Ramsey, but uh, no doubt, Dean, that and and uh, that that this is, that Rocky is the mo- most talented. I don't believe uh, Purdue, uh, Purdue's quarterback is average, but just has excellent mm-hmm. guys around him. Uh, and then Peyton Ramsey, he didn't really show much. I mean, Northwestern, they just – they stuck to the run because they knew that that was the only mm-hmm. way that they could win the game. And it and it turned out yeah, can to I be say, true Can I want to point something out on that Nebraska um, run? Yeah, go ahead. They only averaged 2.7 yards yeah. of carry. What that tells me is that they knew that the way to beat Iowa was run. They pounded the ball. They pounded the ball. They can get a ton of yardage, but every now and then they get an eight or nine yard gain, you know, to help to help them out. And this is what Iowa yeah. is supposed to do. Iowa needs to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the mm-hmm. ball, and then they'll get their big breaks. You know, yes. I just never mind. <laughs> I just think. <laughs> no, I agree, Dean. The, the the staple of the Iowa offense and 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 most pro style offenses, even with you know the flair and and everything that 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 can you know make make a defense uh, confused. Mm-hmm. The best thing is to pound the football and play action over the top. That has always been Iowa's bread and butter. Pound the football, play action for either you know, a 10-yard gain, a 5-yard gain, or a 20- to 30-yard gain. That was has always been Iowa's staple, and Iowa has not done that this year. They have had Nate Stanley just drop back mm-hmm. and in the pocket deliver passes. And from that perspective, they have done a mm-hmm. mighty disservice to Spencer uh, Petras because you do need – I don't believe you need to show all the fancy dancy pre-snap. I, I don't mm. think you need to do that. You know, the tight end getting up and moving to the other side, that's different. But, you know, the wide receiver stuff, to me, all that does, Dean, is it it, it just makes the wide receiver more concerned about mm-hmm. their pre-snap bullshit than it does about their actual right. route and getting open. Um so it's surprising. Re- really quickly, Iowa's defense is still 19th in the country. That's pretty good. In total That's pretty defense. good. Considering everything. Uh, I, I mean, we always know Iowa to be a top 10 defense, but um, Wisconsin is number two because mm-hmm. they've only played one game. 
uh, in, in the game they played was Maryland. Number three is Northwestern. I mean, that's pretty big time. Uh, West Virginia, who is not known for defense, sure oh, as wow. hell is this A year. A big 12 team with defense. Um, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but Dean, the only Big Ten teams ahead of Iowa on defense is Wisconsin and Northwestern. That's it. Iowa is the next team. It's not Michigan. It's not Ohio State. So the, the, the truth is Iowa's defense mm-hmm. has done their job. They have uh, 100%. Um, and so, uh, you know, this is on the offense to figure it out. I will say this. Iowa can still uh, manage this season. If I were in Iowa's shoes, I would be pushing to get back to two and two and, and just have that goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to two and two and see what happens. Because I do think this, Dean, I do think with the weirdness of this season that we will see losses from like a Wisconsin, definitely Purdue, uh, that we would not otherwise have seen. So even though I do think it's nearly impossible for Iowa to to run the gauntlet, they need to take small steps mm-hmm. in getting to where they want to get. Um, really quickly, so total defense, Iowa is nine, 19th. In scoring defense, uh, Iowa is uh, – let me see here, 27th, which is not the best for Iowa, uh, but it's certainly not the worst either. I yeah. mean, still, that is good enough to win. So, uh, Dean, okay, let's do our power rankings real quick. Um, I'm going to go first, and uh, you know what? Okay. You do the honors, Dean. You go first this time. I you, do. do you I took the, the time the to get it all, a little thought to it and wrote it out. Okay. <laughs> Yep. Okay. You, you go my, West, you go my number one team is Northwestern. Okay. Right now, Northwestern deserves it. They're playing okay. good ball. They're playing good offense. They're playing good defense. And I think when you told me they were, what, number three in the country? Okay. I think that, to me, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, in total, Northwestern yeah. deserves the yeah. number one spot in the pro rankings. I, st- I, got, I dropped Wisconsin to number two. Mm-hmm. I know they haven't played a game. And this would, if they'd have actually played Nebraska last week, they would have lost. And I think that's, but, um, so anyway, but I'm going to keep them number two because they're not playing this week either. So I don't know how long I can keep them up there for not playing, but no, not their game against Purdue week? I didn't know is, that. is canceled. Okay. Now Purdue is my, they they are Dean. By the way, really quickly, they, I don't think that they will have a they, chance to they win can, the Big Ten as long as they play anymore. six games. They cannot after this week. They cannot take any more weeks off because it's going to go by loss column, not win column. So they could easily they could easily go six and zero. Oh, Correct. And 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 win the as long as North. You know, if they go six and zero, oh, that means they beat Northwestern. Yes. Well, it'll go, it'll go by, it'll go by percentage. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what percentage you have at the end of the season with your win loss, which is what I said is that Wisconsin due to having one less game now too, 
cannot afford no, a no, loss as true. much as other but teams. They can, but can. if they if they Go take ahead, one continue. more game off this season, then they're not eligible. Okay. Okay. All right. Now number three yep, is Purdue. Yep. And number four, I got them over Iowa. I put Minnesota just because even Minnesota's zero and two, like Iowa is. Minnesota has shown that they can pound the ball and still score. Um, if they get their defense straight now, they mm. might be a force to be reckoned with. Okay, I got Iowa at number five. Um, mm. I, I really wanted to put Iowa at four, but I just thought with the offensive identity we have right now, us holding teams to 20 points a game is not going to win games for us if we can't score. Okay. Um, okay. Nebraska's at number six. Sure. They've okay. only played one game, so by virtual, I've actually dropped them down from where I had them. And, of course, um, my perennial number seven right. has been Illinois all season, and it still is. I'm sorry, Illinois, but, you know, <laughs> you, you earned it. <laughs> yes, they earned it. I heard uh, that, I yeah. You want to go ahead and do the East then? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. My number one team yeah. in the East is Ohio State, and I think everybody will agree with that for now. Okay, number two is Indiana. Sure. Oh, man, I am so happy for Indiana to see yeah. somebody on the East making some noise over there, and I hope they continue it. I really do. Okay, um, and that's to say no, because next year we play them the first game of the season, so get your fun out of the way this year, boys, because we're going to go and get you next year. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. number yeah. three is Michigan. Only because they're one and one, but they—I don't think they've looked like a number three team. Um, I would agree, but the yeah, East yeah. is not number as four good as people had thought. Penn State. Oh, this was tough. This was tough because I'm st I'm still not sold on Penn Michigan State, and I didn't want to put Michigan State that high, but but Penn State is also zero two. People, agree. get that going. This is. I was gonna save this question for for okay, you after right. you were done, but I'm gonna ask it now, really quickly. What has who who what for you? Who has it the worst, and what has been most disappointing? Penn Penn State's own two star, Iowa's own two star, um, or Minnesota's? That's a good question because honestly, I think. Penn State's 0-2 start probably is a surprise. I, I did expect them to be 1-1 one one at this point, yes. and I expected Minnesota to be 1-1 one one at this point, and Michigan to be 2-0. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Uh, my answer really quickly is, mm -hmm. as a fan, it's Iowa. But as from afar, it most certainly is Penn State. And then I would say – Secondly, uh, again, from a fan's perspective and knowing how good Iowa was going, should be, should have been, it would be Iowa. But from, from the national land, you know, the national mm -hmm. stage, Minnesota would be too. It, it would be them because yeah. most people were very high on them, including their fan base. Very, very high. Iowa's fan base was not yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's true. A lot of, lot of people thought so, we were going to yeah. – a lot of people thought right, we were going to have a sucky year, and so far those people know more than you and I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's all, But it's yeah, always it easy to say <laughs> They jump back on the bandwagon when they start having a special season. Okay. 
Okay. And this was hard yes. for me. I put yes, Michigan State at number five. I probably should have put them ahead of Michigan. I'm still not sold on Michigan State yet being going to be a, a full season great team, um, especially when they still got um, Indiana and um, – well, they lost to Indiana already, didn't they? Um, but they still have Ohio State and State ahead of yeah. them. I guess not. They're, shoot, I probably – look look for – if they beat Iowa, look for me to move them up. I think, you know, they might should be showing me something. I might have just talked myself into moving them higher. Okay. 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 And then no, I got I Maryland at number six and Rutgers at number <laughs> seven. Poor Rutgers. After having a promising week and me having them up there last week, they showed their colors. They are what they are. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, I, this is, this is uh, me and Dean uh, this week mightily disagree. I, I agree. I have Northwestern one. Uh, I'm not very confident with that, considering Iowa should have closed mm-hmm. the door and beat Northwestern last week. Uh, but Northwestern is 2-0. They do have two wins, and it is what it is. Uh, and Purdue, uh, they're 2-0. They're two I'll still okay. have them second over Wisconsin. Uh, w- Wisconsin – is three uh, for me. And then for, for me, Minnesota it, uh, has sh- – so Iowa is four because the, the reality is we look at Iowa with a much tougher microscope than we look at other teams. But the reality is they have lost two games against teams that are mm-hmm. both 2-0. So they're combined 4-0. They've lost – those two mm-hmm. teams by combined five points. So I'm I'm gonna put Iowa at four. Uh, Minnesota goes five. Uh, ne- Nebraska goes uh, six, mm-hmm. and uh, Illinois goes seven. Uh, and and again, I could easily put Nebraska behind Illinois, but Illinois has just been so bad that it would not be good to do that. Ohio State's number one in the East. Indiana is number two. Um, I still think Michigan is number three. Uh, uh, And then for me, Penn State would be four. And then five would be Michigan State. You know, Penn State and Michigan State Mm -hmm. are in much the same situation as Iowa and Minnesota, uh, except – Michigan, Iowa can show Michigan State's true colors this right. week and really show us what Michigan State is. Uh, if, if Iowa does not, if Iowa can just play Iowa football and not play down to their uh, opponent's, uh, uh, you know, talent level. Uh, behind Michigan State, uh, I have Maryland, uh, or excuse me, I have Rutgers, and then I have uh, Maryland. Uh, last behind them and it could be a flip-flop actually I don't even really know uh, you know that's a, a coin toss to me whoever you <laughs> you want there uh, is fine but you, you know you're right Dean Rutgers looked very very bad last week so um, Dean what do you to close out what do you think is going to happen okay, you ready in, for in this Iowa Michigan State we're, game we're going to win the game we're going to yeah. put some points on the board. We're going to have some rushing yards this week. 
I got a feeling we're going to emphasize the run a little more, and Michigan State knows it, but they're not going to stop it. Love it. Uh, the devil <laughs> on my shoulder, which sometimes <laughs> is correct. No, I'm joking. Uh, is is saying, truth be told, that Iowa will okay. be the same Iowa next week. That they will struggle on offense, and, and Iowa will only win if they can keep the football, uh, time of possession, get turnovers, and, and, the, and the Iowa defense starts to become what they can be because they, th from week one to week two, mm -hmm. they mightily improved. They did. Um, and it is a very, you know, somebody said that the defense, what, that, that, that Iowa was unathletic and that, the that this was the least athletic defense that Iowa has had. I just completely mm -hmm. and utterly disagree with that. That is just, in my opinion, this is one of the most, most athletic defenses Iowa mm -hmm. has had with Justin Jacobs, uh, Seth Benson with the front four, uh, Matt Hankins, Riley Moss. I mean, I know he's a white guy, but I mean, folks, this dude from, Ang I mean, from Ankeny, Iowa was literally one of the best athletes in the United States when he was competing in track and field. Uh, and you know, he is the real deal at cornerback. It is what it is. Uh, you know, uh, just, you know, just trust your eyes. Um, Julius Brantz is very talented, you know, uh, Dane Belton, even Jack Carner. So I, I completely and utterly disagree with the sentiment that Iowa does not have an athletic uh, – I, I just don't understand that. So, anyways, that's what the devil on my shoulder is saying. But even the devil on my shoulder is saying <laughs> that Iowa will win this We're football both. game. <laughs> Now, now, they both are saying that Iowa is going to win this game, and, and I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, the the thing for me is that Iowa, a hundred percent. The only di change for me is that I do think Dean is correct that Iowa can change their go back to their identity, go back to pounding the football go back to play action, and I do think Tyrone Tracy, Sam Laporta is only going to get better every week, and uh, I do think Tyrone Tracy and Nico Raggiani, a.k.a. Nico Regani, are going to step up into their uh, newfound. So I do think that Iowa, if they do that, that things can change. And the other thing – that has been brutally transparent is Iowa has been, has been very, uh, I mean, they're averaging 200 plus yards of, of passing and over a hundred yards rushing in any other season. We would look at that and say, geez, this, that's fantastic for Iowa. The difference has been Iowa has not been solid once they get past the 50-yard line. They have not been able to capitalize past the 50-yard line. 
that must change. If they do that, I do think that this offense can become a 30-point, average 30-point team. That's the angel on my shoulder having hope for this offense. And also the hope is, you know, just moving forward into the offseason and into next next year. I also, because of what happened to Wisconsin, I don't think the Big Ten race is over in the West. I don't. I think very much that – that because of Wisconsin dropping a game, that that gives that the two game difference between them uh, or the what would be a two, it's only a one game difference, Dean. For, mm-hmm. And and I don't trust Northwestern or Purdue to run the the gambit. So there's still hope. Um, I think the score really quick, Dean. Have you ever seen the show Outland Outlander? I have not. Never even heard of it. <laughs> it is such a great, great show. I just wanted to ask you that really quick. Okay. Such a good show. But um, also, Dean, I'm thinking of doing the basketball podcast today because, I mean, literally, basketball will start this. It it starts this month. Month does it not? Next month. It does. Three weeks from. Pretty much three weeks. The first game's supposed to tip off. Yes, and so I am going to really pound uh, the the articles for Iowa bas- basketball because I want to be all o- all over this. Um, do, would you? Uh, well, I'll ask you later. But I think Iowa either wins this game seventeen to twelve. Or I think they have an explosion on offense and score 30 points. The only thing that has been different has been their execution in the red zone. Had they have executed better in the red zone, I think a lot of things would be different right now. What what do you think the score is going to be? What's your prediction, Dean? I'm going to go – 27-21. I like that. I like that pick a lot. Uh, ESPN uh, predictor, by the way, has Iowa as a 70% favorite to win this game, which, again, folks, goes back to ESPN in Vegas knowing the talent that Iowa does possess. I mean, that is just the reality. So, uh, yeah, um, listen, folks, uh, I hope all goes well. Uh, and I, sh- you know, uh, I really hope Iowa changes gears, uh, this, this week. And, uh, you know, uh, we, me and Dean ha- appreciate your support, our Pod, our podcast continues to grow with with even with the losses you guys have really really been great and uh you know it's not easy to listen to a podcast when your team has lost because it just kind of sours the wound but it is what it is um dean any final any final uh thoughts oh I, i'm good i mean let's um uh, let's go out and let's cheer the Hawkeyes on and Let's come home with our first victory of the season this weekend. Amen, brother. 
Listen, folks, you guys can go to 247hawkeye.com. I haven't even mentioned it all week because – or all podcasts because, you know, I'll be honest, I have been very sad about the Iowa Hawkeyes, and it is hard to write stories about, you know, the team you love that is losing. Uh, it's, it's very hard. It's hard enough to do this podcast. So, um, but uh, we will move – I'm going to move forward – uh, towards this Iowa basketball team. I'm not really sure what there is left to, for me to, to talk about with the basketball team. I have examined the basketball team up and down, left to right. Uh, and so, uh, but I'll get into it as much as I can. Guys, we are so grateful. We wish you a great rest of your week. Remember, DBAP, don't be a pussy willow, and facts over feelings because your feelings don't matter. Go Hawks. Love y'all. Have a good one. See ya. Bye.